Welcome to another episode of the Open Tech Cast. We're here again in the month of August, and we are uh, joined by Atha, Kev, and Gareth, and myself, Amit. How is everyone today? Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, good, good. Good, good. And and how is everyone doing in lockdown is the more important line. So let's go around, around the table. Atha, how's your lockdown going? Oh, my lockdown is pretty boring, really. I mean, I keep saying to people that you must go out and I don't go out myself, um, which I'm trying to fix. I'm trying to fix. It's not that something I'm ignoring. Um, but good thing is I'm on leave next week, so I'll make most of it. How about uh, you, Gareth? Yeah, um, I've had the first time off since lockdown over the last two weeks. So spending a lot of time with the family, uh, going out, trying to find a bit of time for us and me. Um and just realizing that the world is a very, very different place. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's going to continually be changing over the next coming months, dare I say even year. Um, and I know we're going to delve into some of that over the rest of the podcast. How about yourself, Kev? Kev? Oh, God, I hate it when I put myself on mute and forget to take myself off. <laughs> At least it makes it real. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's, I mean, it's a really good point what you what you say there about the world being a different place. Um, I was just sat out in our in our back garden uh, with some family last night, and uh, yeah, we've got crazy amounts of bats flying around, which we we don't normally see at this time of year. And you know, it's the amount of wildlife that we see. I, I mean, I don't know what it's like down uh, sort of closer to closer to London and. I, I like didn't that, know there were bats in this country, let alone near you. Yeah, no. I mean, they they were they they had like um they had a phone and like a belt and they had this big car. Um, no, that's that's um, that's that's Bilal, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the wrong type of bat. Wrong type of bat. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, lockdown has um has done some crazy things. I mean, I I, I weighed myself the other day. I discovered I'm the heaviest, or I was the heaviest I'd been, uh, well ever. So I've uh, kind of kicked in the kicked in the exercise regime to try and drop a few pounds, and I've you know I've dropped I've dropped almost I think like four kilos already, so that's good. Uh, but oh. I think that was from largely just shoveling bits of stone around. So yeah, lots of lots of housework. Um, I've been trying lots of new beers, which is, which probably accounts for the the weight gain and everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been working super hard as well because I've not been traveling, which is what I would normally expect to do. Um, so yeah, it's just like the, the, the long hours and then trying to disconnect and everything. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's tough at times. I think tough what I've time. noticed just about lockdown in general, um, just from everyone's normality of accepting this society that we're working in, which is mostly remote globally, is that people have adjusted now and there seems to be less of a like franticness for trying to get all the end user compute stitched together people are actually doing things now to make it a really good experience and good thing is video isn't mandatory on everything now so i'm actually seeing video being turned off on on zoom calls i mean yeah, it's, it's only polite for people to do that when they go to the toilet right <laughs> <laughs> and if they can remember everyone uh, yeah I, th I think it's a it's a very good thing we get not only because of the situation we are in, but going forward as well, because it will have changed um, 
the perception of, you know, working remotely is not such a bad thing and everyone being used to it now, um, it will definitely have a positive impact on not only life, but also environment and working practices. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, so, um, yeah, go ahead. News. What, what's, what's been happening around us while we've been in, uh, in working habits? <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I try not to look at the news because every time I look at it, something else is on fire. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, something I did, I did, uh, I did hear about um, a, a little company by the name of Rackspace um, IPO'd uh, very quietly. Um, <laughs> yeah, too quietly, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, My lips are sealed. An eye on the stock market, Amit. So I, I don't know what. How, I how know. did you miss that? I, I, I really don't know how I missed it, but you know, it's, it's early days. Um, it's a strange time, right? This this IPOing during lockdown, not just the rack space. I guess any company it is it is a bit concerning and it could be a bonus at the same time because not like you said not many companies are doing it i feel hurt amit i mean you basically keep an eye on every stock possible (laughs) and then two of your hosts of the same podcast work for a company that you didn't know i would i know know. that's that's hurtful i do feel ashamed of myself yeah so this is this is this is getting a um i mean what, what 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 does this mean in terms of the amit rating so yeah, buying. yeah. I mean, for me, it gets a thumbs down for that reason only. <laughs> Rock space up here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so no, it's early days. It's early days. I think. I think we'll have to, like any other company, has to find its feet, has to re- report back to the street. The street have to assess earnings. You know, it's it's all going to be. A quarterly driven again, just like every other tech company is, and we're gonna have to wait and see, probably in the next two quarters or so, um, how how Wall Street receives it. Yeah, of course. I yeah. mean, so um, what I'm hearing from that is sell Tesla, buy Rackspace. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't want to give Elon Musk any more money. This is, not, this is not financial advice. We are no, not no, no. Your advice. no. But, yeah. yeah. And obviously, but, for obvious reasons, I'll keep my mouth shut here. <laughs> true, true. But, but you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. You know, any kind of tech funds are are just creeping up and up and up. You know, Tesla shares are at an all-time high. Um, I think as we're recording this, they, they peaked over $2,000. And, you know, last year, they were only, what, around $200? So that is an incredible increase. Well, in fact, Apple you said 2000 They are at 2082 as we speak. Oh, don't remind me. Just, it yes. hurts every time I look at them. Ellen <laughs> Musk tweeted recently. Yes. <laughs> uh, not him, but actually there was another guy in the community that tweeted, I think today, and said um, his $6 million retirement fund is intact, right? Did anyone see that? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And that, that was a bit what made me wince because <laughs> that was the first time I nearly bought them. And then I was like, nah, nah, no, I won't buy them yet. It sounds strange. I wanted the car more than the shares, and now I, I don't know, might live to regret that decision. <laughs> oh well, we can't, we, oh, well. We can't look back. We can only go forwards, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, I better buy rack space now. Yeah, but I think you know, in general, as if you look at the trend, um, it's amazing that in part, as compared to the rest of the world, Europe and all that, even in America, it's only the tech shares that are going up like this and actually lifting the entire market over there. Which is unprecedented, mm. I think. It's, I've never seen that before. 
Yeah. Well, we, yeah, Apple have what hit several trillion this two, two, two trillion, trillion two trillion, which is the two equivalent trillion? of the whole of the FTSE market for the UK, <laughs> which is crazy. It, yeah, that, yeah, that is that is the same amount as the UK government debt right now, isn't it? So yeah, uh... yeah, it was just, just phenomenal. And it, it, isn't it? It's Tesla and Apple are the first to do split stock for quite a while, isn't it? That's right. Yes, yeah. From what yeah. someone was telling me. Yeah. So uh, you know, some people who got in there earlier just absolutely laughing. They're literally going to be laughing the whole way to the bank. <laughs> yeah. Alternatively, it's all a big bubble and it's going to go pop soon. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only yeah. biggest story. Is, is it going to be like the crypto bubble? Yeah, it, it could be like that. It could be. No one knows, right? We don't have a crystal ball, so uh, it's a shame. <laughs> I, I th- yeah, I, I think Apple and Tesla are strong bets, though. You know, Tesla have got a load of big products coming out. They've got their battery day in a couple of weeks. Apple is still just smashing stuff out the park. You know, yeah. But yeah. Be interesting I'm... to see who who competes against them, or, or dare it, is that who they buy? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I, I'm, a, I'm in a, I'm in a WhatsApp group with a, with a bunch of you folks, and I see, I see Amit's tweets, uh, tweets, Amit's uh, tips for the stock market, and I look at it and just kind of go, I don't really understand all of this stuff. So maybe we need to do, uh, maybe we need to do something uh, around around that in in some future episodes, because I can't be the only one in the tech industry who doesn't understand, who just thinks that the stock market is magic beans. <laughs> you know, secretly, I mean, the secret basically is that nobody understands them. We just pretend. Have you just have you just pulled back the curtain? Are you the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, Amit is a real, real guru here. Uh, everyone else just follows him. Yeah, I, I hope not. <laughs> I heard Michael Dell taking tips from him. <laughs> no he certainly follows him. <laughs> Yeah, I can comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, security news. We don't normally talk about security, do we? Not often. No, no, no. I, I guess I, I used to be our security correspondent, but I handed that back when uh, when I went to work in Vendorland. <laughs> but yeah, so there's, there, there was the uh, there's there's the whole farrago around um, the the Crest exam um, exam dumps from NCC Group. Uh, I don't know if I don't know how much people have been following that, but it's uh, you know the NCC group of uh, well to 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 give you the full the full picture. Um, obviously, Crest are kind of like an examining body for cybersecurity qualifications, and it seems that NCC group, who are a big hacker 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 group, or sorry, information security group, uh, they have had some content dumped to GitHub and also to separately to Dropbox, whereby it's basically a it's basically an exam dump with all of the answers. And the, the allegation is that they were basically just selling this to their consultants and uh, allowing en- enabling people to brain dump the, the exams. And these, you know, these are highly sought after certifications. They're worth a lot of money. And uh, NCC Group have have denied that they've got anything to do with this, but then at the same time, you know we've got we've got all kinds of other stuff. The police are involved. We've got chairman stepping down. All all kinds of stuff. So, um, you know, I I know that I know that the brain dump industry obviously exists, and I, I really wish it didn't. And that's that's an entirely different different thing to talk about. But you know, clearly they, clearly they, there's money to be had in this uh, this kind of world. Don't know what people think about that. Yeah, yeah. 
it's tricky because, as you said, those certifications are worth a lot and they, they go by their own merit. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame to see, as you said, people doing this and then it just completely just destroys that kind of confidence. Yeah, and uh, it, that's unfortunate because they've obviously spent time and money trying to do that. I mean, it's the same kind of thing that uh, in the early days of certification happened to MCSE as well, when mm-hmm. a lot of people were called M- paper MCSEs, I think the term was. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that if it devalues the certification like that because of this kind of thing happening. Yeah, maybe we should all go back and do A+. <laughs> yeah, that would be as... Should I say a step backwards? No, no, I shouldn't. Really, all all certification is equal in my view. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. So it is a bit scary, um, as you said, and I guess the reason they've picked this area is because cybersecurity is a big focus area, right? And it's yeah. it's something I I see every day being talked about either on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, security is huge. And I can see why this one got picked because everyone wants to probably move into security now. Yeah, it's, it's the one It's the one area, you know, we, we spoke earlier around, you know, how in general the tech industry is doing pretty well on the stock market. But from, you know, from a vendor perspective in the industry, it, the only area where 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 organizations are really seeing growth from a tech perspective in terms of the budget that they've got available to, available to spend is security because nobody really wants to be um you know the the victim of the next massive massive hack so yeah it's lots and lots and lots of people are really really super interested in getting those kind of qualifications so that they can get these jobs as pen testers and working as red teamers and things like that but yeah Whenever this, mm. this kind of thing happens, it pretty much just devalues all all of those those certs. So it's really sad for me to see that. Well, but do you think that's because bigger companies are now seeing the value in it? Um, big one that got hit, which again we spoke about the prior show, which completely just come back to me was Garmin. Uh, they were taken offline for several days after getting cryptoed, um, and I didn't realize how much effect that has on even on flight paths and. Not you know, not just people being able to track their jog or their run. Um, <clears throat> quite a lot of the aviation and boating industry use it, so uh, I believe they actually paid the ransom in the end. So you know, is this is this where the next thing? If uh, going back to Amit's tips, is you know, just anyone out there trying to get into the tech industry, is security the best place to focus at the moment? Because that's where the most value is going to be. Yeah, yeah, it is certainly. I mean, like Kev was saying, that every company, every company who works as a vendor. Uh, needs to have those um, skills, but also private companies themselves obviously need to have them uh, personnel who can do that um, or take care of security in that. And it's getting more and more complex because it's it's sort of a race between you know security professionals and then people who are trying to get in. Uh, it's sort of a never-ending cycle, if you like. Um, but isn't that ironic that you know the the thing that happened is actually a security issue for a security paper? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, although that said, the vendor is not a security firm, right? So there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Let's let's move on from that. Um, so in 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 other news, um, who's who's our end user compute uh, correspondent? I think that's you, isn't it, Gareth? Probably the closest, isn't it? <laughs> Do we even have one? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, again, again, as you guys joked, it's, it's an interesting territory. You know, I, I've seen or. Oh, been involved in conversations across different 
industries, you know, people have asked my advice on this, you know, I think it's taking a bit of a pickup because again, the, the biggest thing I didn't realize is silicon's quite scarce and um, actually getting hold of machines, let alone be a desktop or laptop is actually quite tricky at the moment. It, it's still not stabilized ever since the start of COVID. We've got stock. Wow. <laughs> well, okay, fine. <laughs> Hashtag I work yeah, for yeah. Yes. I work for that. Yeah. Hashtag that's the XPS, which is clearly out of my budget. I cannot yeah. suddenly buy 200 of those for the, you know, kind of a... Uh, yeah, um, but is it, but then that's the thing is you know we've even started exploring that is you know do do we need to give devices to people or, or do we just deliver what we can? A lot of the stuff is now SaaS based. You've got Office three six five, Salesforce, our contact center platforms now cloud based. As long as we know that endpoint is somewhat secure, we can deliver a fairly lightweight desktop. Should well, we say the, the, to, to the as user? long as you know that endpoint is secure is an entirely different thing to talk oh, about. But yeah, let's not go yeah. there. But yeah, let's not go. Yeah. But what I mean is that if you can deliver a desktop or a user experience to them in you know be that VMware Horizon have just released version eight, be it AWS uh, workspaces, I believe is it Microsoft are now doing a lot of stuff with Citrix. If you can deliver that to your users through a nice secure method, hopefully with multi-factor authentication, just to put my bit around it, do you really need to give people machines anymore? No, I mean, I, don't I, I agree. You don't. And it has been the case for a while now. It's just, and, and more and more technologies like the public um, uh, public cloud ones uh, options becoming available as well, which is now making it all very competitive. Because if you think about it, uh, yeah, okay, it's not been a year of VDI yet. Uh, even this year isn't. Uh, but uh, the technologies that enable that has been around for a while now. And if you think about desktops, most of the workers that require such a thing, 80% of the requirements, I would say, if not more, are met by most of the SaaS providing services or things where you can centrally um, deploy services and store their data. So mm. I think even if you don't cover most of your uh, workforce, at least 80%, 90% you can cover with those. And that means that this is the most secure way of then providing those services. Yeah. You, you make a, make an interesting point there, Arthur, actually. Um, so on the, you know, what, what, what can be made available um, as SaaS? So, uh, you know, I work for a startup and, like a lot of startups, we a, a lot a lot of our uh, I, I'll, I'll say infrastructure, but the the way we the way we do business is is kind of it, it's all run on SaaS. So we're using Salesforce. Um, we're, we're we're all we're all sat on uh, Google's G Suite platform. And yesterday morning, about seven a.m. UK time, um, it had a massive wobble, and so some of our staff were unable to send emails externally some of our staff were unable to send emails internally so that had a bit of a hit on you know productivity and then around about the same time slack also had a wobble so you know there, there's you you need to whenever whenever you make these decisions that, that that's that's the business model you're going to go to you need to understand that there are there, there are potential issues in terms of you know you need to appreciate that that SLA might have gone down from ninety nine point nine nine percent to ninety nine percent or ninety nine point nine percent, and that you know when when something when when something goes wrong and you're running your own you know you're you're running your own services internally you can go and stand and shout at a person until they fix it, but if you're a fifty person organization 
it's really hard to shout at Google because you're a tiny, tiny, tiny drop in the ocean. You just have to wait for them to fix fix those things. So I think that's an that's an interesting point from a from a from a SaaS perspective. Uh, but mm-hmm. on the um, kind of jumping slightly to the uh, you know the, the year of VDI, I think this has been the March of VDI. It is still March, right? <laughs> in with the dad jokes yeah but i mean the other thing is i've been um i've been keeping an eye on things like uh the v expert slack channels and various other places and honestly the i've never seen end user computing channels so busy with people who are either you know discussing new releases or just kind of going i am literally just getting started in this field i know plenty about vsphere and i know plenty about nsx and all of these things but what the hell is end user compute how do you deal with it and i think it's it's one of those areas where and i'm sure i'm sure andy nash will agree with us on this it's one of those areas where um you know it, it's it's kind of easy to to write end user compute off as oh it's just desktop support but it requires such a different set of skills to the other kind of general infrastructure stuff because you're interacting directly with end users um mm, that yep. I, yeah, I i could yep. never ever do that job um, i mean i know how to deploy horizon i've done a few deployments and you know i know how the various features work but Actually, being being an expert in that field is really, really tough. Yeah, it is. It is. As you said, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It is, it's engaging with you as well or understanding what they want. You know, we've looked at this across the board even. And that's the thing. End user compute just isn't VDI. It's how does your user get a new machine? How does the user, you know, again, even like for the, as you said, the desktop staff, how do they rebuild a machine? How does that interact with the rest of the infrastructure? It's that whole boring as it sounds that whole life cycle of what yep. happens to that machine from from cradle to grave or or back to cradle when it gets to someone else and you know we, we've looked at stuff like that with the whole covid thing is is do we you know this is like autopilot and whatnot now and i'm trying to get my head around that like i can remotely wipe a machine and provision it ready for the next user and i don't have to reinstall windows but all my enterprise apps are there ready in a store for that next user and it knows who they are and just gets on and does it you know, even for me as an infrastructure guy, my head hurt a little bit after that. I was like, "What? Well, hang on." Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but as you said, you know, that's the experience we all kind of want as well. We want to come in. Oh God, my machine's broken, and you literally can go grab another one, and you're back up and running in ten, fifteen, maybe twenty minutes. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the kind of benefit that you get from it. And uh, like I said, I mean, this year, I think, yes, uh, a lot more interest is going into UC for obvious reasons. I also was involved in many projects um, uh, because of my company when everyone wanted it in a hurry. Uh, it's it's amazing that, you know, what you can do. And it, it does mean that you actually have a secure environment as well. So it helps with security issues as well and centralization of data and all that and backups blah, blah, blah. But also, you know, going back to the point about that SLA that you were talking about, Kev, and, um, you know, being able to shout at someone. The, I mean, I, I've also, I kind of agree with what you said, but but also the fact that um, I, I still also feel that as an architect of um, what what is that I do to prevent just being locked into this one provider for that reason? Um, okay. Because there's a bigger chance of the provider not going down 
uh, as frequently as uh, my own company would I've, if I was um, like 15 user outfit. Oh, uh, sure, yes. yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, th- there are benefits in that way as well. If you, if you rely on a standard image and two different sources, then maybe you can mitigate against that. But that's the fun in games and, you know, designing such a, an environment as well, right? And the benefit, if you can do it properly, then the benefits are quite, quite, quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 that's the joy of the architect's job, though, isn't it? It's okay. Well, there's there's a million ways to skin this cat. Um, which which one of these is your biggest constraint? And then let's figure out the rest around what your constraints are, uh, because we we already know what your requirements are, and then we can kind of take things from there. But um, yeah, just kind of the the, the whole thing with uh, it, it it just reminded me with uh, the fact that Google went down and. You know, I, I I use my own MacBook to to do most of my work. So I've got I've got encryption on the MacBook, and all of that is good. All of the stuff is stored on uh, Google Drive. We use Google for email. Uh, we use Google for you know co- collaborating on documents and things like that. But it's um, it's just that one thing when you put so many eggs in one basket. Um, if something goes wrong with that one basket, then yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people just kind of going. Well, there's not a lot. I can, let's all just get on a Zoom call and complain about it or something like that. But sounds yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. multi-cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I think multi-cloud is. Yeah, we don't have time to go into that one. Right <laughs> yes, it's it's a uh, an often a misused term as well, uh, or abused, should I say? So events. What's happening soon? PM World, right? Um, yeah. I guess uh, people need to register. Yeah, it's five weeks away now, isn't it? It's not for mm-hmm. long. No. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone planned a session yet? Oh, any any of their sessions yet? No. no. I'm watching Catherine's again. I mean, I'm literally the only major ones. I want to watch Catherine's again because I want to see what she's changed. Because it was such a great session. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, you know what? I mean, the fun actually is trying to get into sessions afterwards. And plus, it's virtual. You can do that. Yeah. So maybe you should book it just like a few hours before. Maybe we do and virtual queuing. I, I like living my, you know, living on the edge, you know, and you know, tr- all of that stuff. <laughs> is anybody just going to, um, you know, just get like a really big beanbag in their office? And sit there with a laptop on their knee, so they feel like they're they're just hanging out in the in the VM village. <laughs> I need to get someone to bring drinks. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to get the massive projector screens and I'm, and the terrible food. I'm not. I'm not. Well, I, ca- I can't do the terrible. Well, I could probably do terrible terrible <laughs> food, but I do have the beanbag and the projector ready. Believe it or not, as bad as that sounds. You know, the one thing that we can't do. Is this? Um, I uh, I normally do this kind of thing uh, whenever I go to VM World in Barcelona. I just basically try to be the last person out, um, <laughs> and the security literally almost throw me out. And that's that's the kind of thing I do normally. Um, uh, you and, can still uh, do that. You can still do that. Just exit just do, yeah. when you're the last person in that in that kind of session. <laughs> yeah, well, session probably, but you know, I mean, it's it's a different feeling when you know they are coming and telling you. I mean, just just fun and games, but you can't do that virtually. You see, that's the joy of being there yourself. Mm. I, I am going to miss getting the swag bag for charity this year. That's going to be the one thing I do miss. That was always yeah. good fun, just going around the vendors and trying to see, see who would uh, who would help join our quest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, being there in person is definitely what you, we all want to do. Um, mm. Gathering in the VM village, you know, just having a good good chats with everyone. That that's what I miss yeah. most. It's missing the people that you 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 literally get to see that once, lucky twice a year. Um, you know, was it last year in Barcelona? We we even I think me you Dave. We even found Kaz from Japan. Yes. In Barcelona. And yeah. that was amazing. You know, it's, and you've got all the other people that you bump into from America and it's, it's, it's such a vibrant culture, which I, I'm going to thoroughly miss this year. Yeah. I know. Well, I'll let's hope that we can get back to the next one very soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now that it's virtual as well, what will the numbers be like? That'll be the interesting thing because they always give you attendee stats. Mm. Uh, it'd be nice just to see how that compares to the physical event. I also yeah. want to see what kind of, you know. I need to get in the catalog because I want to see what because there's some that they've cornered off, haven't they? Unless you pay for the additional uplift, yeah, which is going to be intriguing. Dollars or something like that. And yeah, it's not horrendous. It's not horrendous, but also it's all in the US time zones. So if oh, you're not okay. in the US, yeah, you're, you're going to be sat up late. I, I was yeah, getting some folks in Australia can... earlier this week about this, and they were not happy about that idea. Oh really? Are you I sure believe it's... you can get a bit of a discount though. Your via, if you are a VMware VMware Advantage subscriber, you, I believe you can get a bit of a discount. Yeah, are I we... think it's twenty five dollars, something like that. It's something, yeah. Yeah. Are you sure about the time zone thing? Because when Empower happened, I think there were sessions in both time zones as well. Probably repeats, but are you, are we sure about that? Because yeah. that'll be a shame. Well, that that came from um, this. That that information came from a VMware TAM. So. Well, it must um, be right then. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> entirely wrong. possible he's wrong, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll phone him up and give him grief. I'm not going to name him, but, um, you know, it was in Australia. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if if that's not the case, then then fair enough. But I mean, ultimately, I mean, I've I've also seen uh, Jeremiah Dooley has got a bit of a, a crusade going on about the fact that a lot of the stuff that seems to be monetized is the community-based stuff. I've not read too much into it, but. Well, you've you know, got the code con again, haven't you? Which, again, I might sign up for. It, it just depends on how that whole week is going to pan out. As yeah. you said, if it's all jumping across time zones, if I'm up at 2 a.m., that's going to really impact the workday the next day. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, well, I guess it's it's the first year that this has happened, and but I, I suspect I suspect going forward that we're going to see a lot more of these, even, even post-COVID, I think there's going to be a lot of these kind of things that we'll decide to go um you know it's it's easier to organize one event online rather than do two or possibly three spread around the world even if just from a a cost perspective well again that's something that i I think we should put a poll up i think we've we've discussed this before but is uh yeah do you hybrid events are going to happen so keep an eye on our twitter feed because i you know i'd be really interested to see what our listeners think is you know if there was a hybrid event you could pay a bit more and you could attend in person, still meet vendors, meet your friends, colleagues, etc. Would you go? Go to go to a mini Veeam party. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that would be messy. Just, well, I mean, I'm just going to drop the idea out there, Michael Cade, if you're listening. Um, you know, we we could do a, a, a UK based Veeam party, or just get, um, I don't know, we could get Ricky to uh, to DJ, surely. That would be amazing. He'll do it. For <laughs> we all free. Know that. that would just be absolutely phenomenal. He'll be there for free, yeah. all night long. 
Oh, I can see if I can get DJ Whiplash to come and uh, come and take up once once Ricky has to go to bed. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome. So yeah, yeah. Check check our Twitter feed, and you know, just um, be interested to see what people feel on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's getting to that point where uh, we are getting to that at the end of our episode. So I uh, hope everyone is staying safe, staying well. Uh, we're hoping to come back very soon with another episode. Uh, so yeah, if you can drop us a uh, review on Stitcher, iTunes, your preferred place. Uh, have any feedback about this episode, or do you even want to come on? You know, in the COVID world, are people coming on their shelves? Uh, drop us an email: podcast at opentechcast And you know, it's the year of the VDI, is it not? So you know, stay safe, secure, and desktopy. Initiating extraction. Thanks for listening to the Open Tech Cast. Thanks for listening to the Open Tech Cast. See you next time.